welcome to Tusk Talks. I'm Fiona Anstey. I'm Noah John. And I'm Rebecca Pachotto. On Monday, October 12th, we sat down with Sydney Ireland, who recently became the first female Eagle Scout. We talked with her about her experience rising through the ranks to become an Eagle Scout, challenging the institutional flaws of the Scouts, her time at Amherst so far, and so much more. Keep listening to get to know Sydney on Tusk Talks. I'm Sydney Ireland. I'm a sophomore, class of 2023. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I'm a prospective English and poli-sci major, and I grew up in New York City. Great. So thank you so much for talking to us today, making the time. We're so excited to get to know you, talk to you. So first, how long have you been a part of the Boy Scouts of America, or Scouts BSA, as it's now called? I have wanted to join the organization since I was four years old. My older brother, he's a couple years older than me, he was part of the program and moved up the ranks and eventually achieved the Eagle Award. And I wanted to do the same things that he got to do. And so I unofficially was a member since I was four and then continued with the program and earned the badges and did the requirements, went on camping trips. And then when I was about 11, I achieved the highest award unofficially in the Cub Scouts, which is the younger program of the Boy Scouts, but my accomplishments were not recognized in the organization. And so I wanted to change that when I crossed over unofficially to the Boy Scouts. And so my family and I began advocating. And last week, I officially earned the Eagle Award. So it's been a long journey of advocating for the Boy Scouts to end their policies that banned women for so long. So you mentioned that you recently earned the Eagle Scout rank. So can you kind of take us back to the day or like the moment when it became official and kind of what was going through your mind at the time? Yes. So I've been working at this for a long time. And so I knew eventually that I would achieve the highest award if I continued working. And last year, actually, I had a board of review for the Eagle rank, but the organization, the Boy Scouts of America, did not accept that one because it was before they officially said that girls could earn the Eagle rank during the time period. The organization opened up to young women February of 2019, and I had a board of review October of 2019, but they wanted every girl to wait until October 1st, 2020, to officially be recognized as an Eagle Scout. And so it, it took them a long time. They wanted to have a, a class of female Eagle Scouts. And it seemed as though they were making everybody wait, even though we had already completed the requirements before two weeks ago. And so that night, October 1st, was so exciting. And I was so grateful. I had a lot of people on a Zoom call, which was very different than it would have been otherwise. And they were so supportive. And it was just a very celebratory moment of a long time waiting for this. So for people who are unfamiliar with these organizations, can you explain the central differences between Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts? I can't speak too much to Girl Scouts because I was never in the organization, but I think it's a great program for some girls that want to be part of it. And it was never about not thinking the Girl Scouts was great. I just think that women should have choices and opportunities. And I do know that the Boy Scouts of America has produced leaders such as Steven Spielberg, Mike Bloomberg, 
Neil Armstrong, Congress members, presidents, leaders of the country, and that opportunity wasn't afforded to young women. And so that's really why I wanted to make this change and why it was so important, because for so long, women have not been able to have the same opportunities as men. And by opening up the organization and allowing women to earn the highest award that is highly esteemed all around the country, it now puts us on a more even playing field, although there's still a lot of work to do in terms of women's equality and equity. Do you think there's even a point to having the divide of Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts? Like to you, does it matter if there's these labels? I think that the Girl Scouts provides a space where women can be with other women. And I do think that is very empowering. And I can't really speak too much to the Girl Scouts again, but I'm a part of a scout troop in Canada and it's called Scouts Canada. And they also have girl guides. And in a lot of places, almost everywhere in the world has co-ed scouting, except for the US and a small list of other countries. So it's not a crazy thing. And I think that it is good to have scouts for everybody. And so if that's how the Girl Scouts want to do it, I think that's up to them. When you were going through the process of moving up those ranks, were there any moments where you were just completely frustrated with the system and the institution and you just kind of had doubt as to whether you should pursue it? There have definitely been a lot of moments that I've questioned if I should continue doing this, especially at the beginning when it didn't seem like this over 110-year-old organization that is known to be a lot of times on the wrong side of history. I didn't think that they would necessarily change, and they do have a lot of work to do, and they've made a lot of mistakes recently and in the past, and they have to correct a lot of wrongdoings, specifically in terms of like child abuse cases and just discriminatory practices that have gone on on individual levels and kind of at a national level. They have a lot of work to do with diversifying their board and just in general, but I think that this is a good step in the right direction and into the 21st century, which has taken them a long time. But there were definitely a lot of moments where I was talking to people that didn't agree that women should have the same opportunities as men by allowing them into the organization. And that is definitely a frustrating point to argue against because I just simply disagree. And there's not much else to say about that to them. But I do think that there's been a lot of, I've done a lot of work trying to convince people. And a lot of times it has been successful because they hear my story and the stories of other young women who just want to be in the organization. And it makes it more personal and less hearing just on the news about girls that are fighting the Boy Scouts, which is just not the case. It's about equality. Yeah, so you mentioned these moments where you came across people who were opposed to, you know, your being in the Boy Scouts. Would you say that this kind of like a reaction was common? And how did you deal with this discrimination? Yeah, I think it was mainly on social media and there was some like cyberbullying, harassment by some scout leaders and So it definitely did occur, but I think that mainly people in person were very supportive or they were looking to understand. And so that made it a lot easier that the people that I was surrounding myself with were supportive of the cause and looking to learn more. But I do think that it definitely was hard, especially putting on more of a public front on this issue and talking about it 
very publicly to some media platforms. And I wrote a few op-eds in the Washington Post, USA Today, and Outside Magazine. And just having this very outward opinion lends itself to disagreement. And I thought that was pretty normal, but also it was frustrating because people don't necessarily understand where I'm coming from, even though if I talk to them, they probably would understand more. So I wanted to take it a step back and talk a little bit about your process of becoming an Eagle Scout. And I believe a project that you completed in order to get there was the Connect a Vet with a Pet program. It seems like you've done a lot with animal rights and supporting animals. I was curious if you have any pets of your own and what made you want to start that project. I really wanted to work with an organization that is really important to me in New York City called Bidewe Animal Shelter. And so I completed two Eagle projects with them because the first one, the Boy Scouts would not count because they were still discriminating against girls at that point. So the first one was the Connect a Vet and the second one was officially recognized. It was getting a donation from a dog chew toy company and creating recipes to fill the toys so that the dogs could use them and so it could alleviate some of the responsibilities of the volunteers at the animal shelter. And that organization was so important. I do have pets. I have three cats and a dog and the dog we adopted from Bidewe, the organization. And I saw the impact that Scout, my dog, had on our life as a family. And my mom last year, she passed away and I saw how big of an impact at the hospital Scout had. She came almost every day to the hospital and visited my mom. And it was such a warm and comforting experience going through such a hard time with a dog. And so I really wanted to work with that organization again, because they have such a big impact on the lives of so many people. I find it really interesting that the BSA organization has kind of allowed you to cultivate the values that you're passionate about, like animals and things like that, and really bring those projects to fruition. And then at the same time, you talk about all of the legacy issues that the institution has with its own values. So I guess my question would come down to how have you navigated the conflict of being within an institution that allows you to cultivate your values while also sometimes potentially disagreeing with the values that the institution itself has. I think the reason for me continuing in the organization is because of the values that they hold most of the time and the leadership skills that they teach. And the program itself is such an important and leadership building program. And that's why I've stayed in it for so long. I think at the same time, organizations can also have a lot of flaws that they need to address and work on. And at this point, it's up to the people in the organization and the scouts in the organization in this case to call them out when they do something wrong or are on the wrong side of history. So I think an organization can both have an incredible mission and produce amazing leaders, but have a lot of flaws that they need to work on. And so that's why it has been a bit of an issue conceptualizing that idea that like I can be part of something that is so great, but also that has had so many issues in the past. But I think the program itself is what I've stuck around for and why it's so important that other young women 
have that same opportunity. And I think also by the scouts opening up to girls, it will make for not only a better program, but a better organization with more representation and more diverse thoughts and opinions and hopefully more progress in the organization as a whole to be on the right side of history eventually. It's really interesting that you believe bringing women into the scouts will have that kind of impact on the whole organization's culture, but I'm kind of curious how you may have seen the culture of it change at all, since given that you've been doing it for like well over a decade and it's really been a part of your life for a long time. How have you seen it change? I think locally I've seen it change so much and even nationally talking to, I've had meetings with leaders of the Boy Scouts on a national level and Although it was very difficult to speak to them when I felt so passionately about wanting to be in the program and they kept saying, just wait a few years, it's definitely hard to hear. But they wouldn't have come to this point of allowing in young women and allowing us to achieve the highest rank if they weren't somewhat listening and being a little bit more progress oriented with their thoughts. And so I think that in itself has been really great. And I still think that there are a lot of things that the scouts need to work on and need to address immediately because these are things related to safety and just the well-being of the scouts that are in the organization. But locally, I've seen my group in New York City being so supportive of women in scouting. And last summer in June, they led the Pride March in New York City, and I was a part of it. And things like that to show that they are making an active effort to be allies to the queer community and attend those types of events that really show that they are being supportive is new to the organization. And I think that's a really great thing that they're adopting, although they should have done it a while ago. Yeah, I think the fact that they participated in the Pride March, even if it's just symbolic, definitely shows a significant change in culture from how the Scouts have been historically. But you did mention that you think there are like a few particular issues or things that are pressing that need to be done to ensure Scout safety. Can you speak a little bit more about what you think those specifically are? Yeah, for so many years, the Scouts have ignored child abuse cases, and they're finally getting the justice that they deserve, and that has taken so long. I also think that they have a lot of work to do in terms of making sure that Scouts really feel welcome in the organization and not just tolerated, because it's one thing to, on paper, accept women or accept transgender Scouts or anybody but it's another thing to really feel like they are part of the organization and accept them as who they are and not try to make anybody fit into the standard of what a Boy Scout should be. And even keeping the name Boy Scout signifies that it's supposed to be for some specific person. And I think they still have work to do on that as well. Yeah, diving a little bit deeper into the legacy and the potential holes in that legacy. So the BSA has been criticized by some Native American communities for having certain ceremonies that appropriate some aspects of Native American culture. So thinking about all of the issues that you mentioned as well, a lot of these issues seem to be deeply ingrained in its history. So I wonder if you think that in the BSA's obligation to correct its legacy, like can that take place without a total overhaul of these traditions or can the organization be preserved with just changes within it? I do think that the organization needs to rethink all of the 
traditions in quotation marks that it has because so many of them are so flawed and appropriating cultures that they don't know the full history of and I have seen it firsthand. It's very uncomfortable to know that they're appropriating cultures and that's part of their tradition because it shouldn't be. And so I think that they really do need to have a complete overhaul of what they believe their values are. Because I think when it comes down to it, their mission is about creating leaders and the scout law is all about being trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, and it doesn't need to be appropriating other cultures, basically. And so the organization as a whole needs to take a look at all of the practices it does and question if those are the right practices to be doing ever, but especially during this time and especially during the 21st century, when it's so important to give people the credit they deserve. Yeah, so you mentioned that the Boy Scouts really need to re-examine their practices. And like you said earlier, in October 2019, you made your case to a review board for why you should be able to become an Eagle Scout as a woman. I'm wondering what that process was like. What did it feel like to be challenging that authority? Yeah, it was definitely easier the second time, as in this year, because the Boy Scouts would officially recognize my accomplishments. Last year, the Board of Review was at the National Organization for Women Headquarters New York City branch, and we had representatives from a bunch of different organizations and areas come and have my Board of Review, and so it was very exciting, but it was always a concern that they wouldn't accept it as they didn't, and so it was very exciting because I had completed all the requirements and done all the work, but it was very frustrating again to know that they weren't going to accept it simply because of my gender and they weren't going to accept anybody else until this year. But I'm glad that they finally have. And it was super exciting two weeks ago that they officially accepted it and they said, you are now an Eagle Scout. And that was something that I've been waiting for since I was 11. Oh, that's such a nice feeling, I bet. So I guess another thing I wanted to ask was, what did you learn? What what was the number one thing that you took away from the process of becoming an Eagle Scout? Something that I learned being part of the organization, but especially being part of a greater movement of advocating for inclusivity is how important it is to be persistent in this and to listen to other people and involve them in the process. And I think this program has taught me so many skills, but advocating for women in this program has taught me even more. And it has allowed me to bring that into my everyday life. When I see something unjust, I question why it exists, what, like, what alternatives there can be. And I think that's such an important skill that scouting teaches as a whole, but especially this. And it's such an important skill for everybody to have the autonomy to know that if something seems not right, there's an option to change it and not stick with the status quo and really make a difference. And especially talking about the traditions in the Boy Scouts, questioning why they're there and if they need to be there. That is such an important thing that the Boy Scouts really needs to do. And I think most organizations need to do as a whole. There are traditions that do not need to be in place that are based on racist practices or appropriating cultures that like really do not need to be there and are hurting people. Yeah, so in your two years at Amherst so far, how have these lessons carried over? How has the experience in BSA informed your experience at Amherst? 
I have been part of the Amherst College Senate for the past year and this year coming up as well. And it has been such a great experience being able to use my skills that I've learned in scouting and really examining policies, looking at them and seeing how we can improve the college. That's been really great to be a part of. And I'm also part of the Coronavirus Student Task Force with President Martin. And that's something that I think that scouting really helped me be able to more speak my mind and advocate for things on behalf of students and listen to students' voices more. And so it's just been really great to be a part of those these past years. And I've definitely learned a lot from being with other Amherst students that think similarly to me. And it's just been really great. Yeah, I mean, with your time in the Boy Scouts and becoming an Eagle Scout, you went through the typical program that anyone else did, but at the same time, you had this other element of challenging the status quo of what was normal. So as Amherst College confronts issues with its own legacy, do you see parallels in your experience challenging the BSA to now, like, at Amherst, the challenges that you have to confront on the committees that you serve? I think that Amherst, as pretty much any organization, has things that they do need to re-examine. And I think that the difference between the Boy Scouts and Amherst is their Amherst is more accessible and in my experience has been way more accepting and supportive of change. Although I think any organization takes a long time to accept change, especially when it's rooted in some sort of tradition or value system that needs to be re-examined. But I think it goes across the board to say that organizations are slow moving when it comes to change. And I can't think of many exceptions to that. But I think it comes down to whether they're willing to listen. And I think that a lot of times Amherst is very willing to listen to students. And it always does take a long time to change, though. But in my experience, Amherst has been very positive, although it does have a lot of things that they still need to work on. So you mentioned earlier that you think the scouts need to have a focus on accepting differences rather than just tolerating them. And another thing you said is that in your experience with the scouts, they did teach you to raise issues when you find things questionable, challenge authorities, things like that. But from my reading of the scouts on the scouting website, reading the scout law, it seems like they place a value on obedience. Reading something that says like, follow the rules of your family, school, and pack, obey the laws of your community and country. So I was wondering how your attitude and how your activism has been compatible or not with that and what you think about the role of scout law in the institution now. Yeah, that's funny. I've actually been told by people within scouting that I need to be more obedient. And actually, a couple weeks ago, during my board of review, somebody asked, how is like breaking the rules and doing stuff like this, following the obedience of the scout law. And I think that at a certain point, it's important to be obedient to rules that make sense. But when there's clear discrimination or clear policies that are rooted in traditions that are no longer relevant or should never have been relevant, it's so important to break those rules because if you don't do it, then nobody else is going to do it. And it's just going to continue to perpetuate racism, sexism, like xenophobia, anything. And so I think that's where I've been obedient to being on more of the right side of history than the scouts are. So yeah, you do appreciate and uphold the core values of the scouts, but when some of the rules and traditions like actually come in opposition with those values, like it makes sense that you would break those rules. 
Do you think the person you became in the Boy Scouts led you to potentially choose a place like Amherst? Or do you think you were looking for a different culture when you chose Amherst? I definitely think that being part of the scouting organization and learning about the leadership and the core values that it holds led me to choose Amherst. Amherst is such a, in my experience, has been a really nice community and very tight-knit and welcoming. And so I think that that has been something that I was looking for all along and scouting probably helped solidify that. And I think that a lot of the other decisions that I've made also have in some way related to scouting. Last February, I was invited by my congresswoman to the State of the Union. And from there, I was able to intern with her in Washington, D.C. And so a lot of things go back to what I have learned in scouting or the opportunities that I have gotten from being part of Scouts and advocating for women in Scouts. So I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity that not that many people have been able to. More simply, how have you enjoyed your time at Amherst so far, just socially adjusting to the school? Obviously, this is your second year, so I'm sure you're pretty well adjusted. But like, yeah, have you been having a good time or have you had any opportunities to do things similar to scouting out here in Western Mass? I have had such a great experience at Amherst. I enjoy my classes and my friends and so much about Amherst. And especially this year, it's been so nice to be able to go outside more than I have before and go to the farm and walk around. And I've really valued just being outside. And that's something that scouting taught me as well. And when it was super warm, I would just sit outside the whole day at like a picnic table at Keith and just sit there and be so appreciative of being outside. And I also am part of, I dance at Amherst and we've been able to dance outside. And I think that's something that has has been unique about this year too. There are so many bad things that have happened this year and things that this country really needs to figure out. At the same time, we've been able to spend more time outside because of the circumstances. And so that has been something that I've been very happy about. Yeah, absolutely. I think for all like the misery that the pandemic has brought, one silver lining is that it kind of, for me, brought me back to just like enjoying people that I'm closer to in my life and just more time with the outdoors and things of that nature. So that's awesome. What dance group are you involved in on campus? I'm part of a dance class, contemporary dance class with Professor Jenna Regal. And then I'm also in Intersections, which is a contemporary dance group. That's awesome. Then you mentioned that you've been going to the farm a lot. So are you on campus and how have you been managing dealing with hybrid classes if you have those or in-person slash remote classes? Yes, I am on campus. And for me, it's been really nice. The professors are, in my experience, being very accommodating and supportive to this new structure. And I think it's difficult for everybody, probably, to a certain extent. But being on campus has really helped with focusing on schoolwork and really feeling like I'm still part of an academic environment, even during these weird times. I guess just panning out a little bit, do you have any plans for what you'd like to do after college? I am not too sure what I want to do after college, but I am interested in political things. And I interned, as I said before, I interned with my congresswoman last year, and that was such a great experience that I really valued. And I don't, I still don't know, like, if that's what I'm interested in doing. I know that I like to write and talk about political issues, so something around that, but I'm really not too sure. Maybe something in law or like journalism, but I really don't know. 
Yeah, I feel like you have time to figure that out at some point. In terms of your future with the Scouts, after you achieve Eagle Scout rank, like, is there anything that comes after that? What's your planned involvement for the future? I think my focus right now is making sure that I'm holding the Scouts accountable for accepting girls and welcoming girls. And if they're not, to continue to pressure them to do the right thing. And also, I hope to be involved in my local scout troop and volunteer for them. And so the Eagle Scout is the highest award you can achieve. And then you become, you can become an adult leader or a volunteer. And so I think that I'll probably end up doing that because I think that with everything else removed, the core values that we were talking about are unmatched and so important for young people to be taught. And given what you've been able to achieve to this point, advocating for women in the Scouts, what advice would you give to young girls or anyone else that wants to change the status quo? I think that anybody who wants to change an organization, especially an organization that has been established for a long time, this organization was around for 110 years before I started asking them to change their policies. It takes a longer time than even a few years. And it's so important to be persistent and keep pressing them on how their actions are affecting other people and how their policies or their rules are discriminatory and against their own values. And that's been something in the Scouts. I've definitely talked a lot about how the organization is contradicting themselves when they're not allowing in girls because they're all about being kind and teaching leadership skills to youth. And if you're taking out half the population by not allowing them to earn the highest award and have those same opportunities, they contradict their own value system and their own law and oath. And I think that it's so important to be persistent and see where you can pressure them on issues. That's great advice. Yeah, holding these age-old institutions accountable for the values that they set out to achieve in the first place is a great goal. And I think you've been taking great steps in that direction. So yeah, thank you so much for talking to us. We're so happy to see what you do in the future at Amherst and beyond. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on this. This is so exciting and I'm so excited to listen. I've been listening to your other podcasts as well, the other two that you did, and they're so great. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you and thank you for tuning into the other episodes as well. Yeah, thanks a lot. I feel like I learned so much about the Scouts and about your experience. It was really enjoyable. Thank you. We want to thank Sydney one more time for taking the time to talk to us. Music credit goes to Guillermo Rodriguez and Quentin Jaretnam. We also want to thank our audio editors, Carolyn McCusker, Ashley Chang, and the entire Amherst student team for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in getting involved with Tusk Talks in any capacity, send an interest email to rpichotto22, that's R-P-I-C-C-I-O-T-T-O 22 at amherst.edu and SWU23, that's SWU23 at Amherst.edu. Thanks for listening and see you next time on Tusk Talks. Mm-hmm.